Hello, and welcome to the POI podcast. This week, we'll be looking at the future, and specifically the 2024 US elections. In his article for the Liberals, Max Anderson argues that Donald Trump's future in American politics will come in the form of him creating his own party rather than as part of the Republicans. He attributes Donald Trump's decisive position within the Republican Party and lack of pan-party support for this reason. And he argues that Donald Trump cannot simply walk away from US politics, even if he isn't a Republican, which is one of the reasons why he shall start his own party. There is even a suggestion that this new party could be deemed the Patriot Party. Alongside Max, we have Sebastian Calcopietro for the Conservatives and Dom Vilak for Labour. And I'd like to ask my first question to Max. Um, why are you so certain that former President Trump will not be a Republican candidate? It's not that I don't think he will necessarily be a Republican candidate. I think it's more due to the fact that that this could go so many different ways. I think to be so sure about the uh, the certainty that Donald Trump will not be leading the Republican Party, I think is always quite brave. But I, I think at the point right now, I can't see him becoming the leader for the next um, election. There's too many. Um, there's too much of an emphasis on moving forward at the moment. Um, I, I think he may, you know, try and run uh, in 2023 to try and lead the Republican Party, but um, I think he'll lose that, uh, and I don't think he'll walk away. I don't think he will turn away. So I think it's, it's no matter what, he will have some sort of involvement in 2024. And I think the most important thing is that it will have a major implications on that election, no matter how what type of capacity he takes in. Um, the 2024 election, I think um, it will only be a good thing for Biden if um, if he keeps if he remains around, really. Sebastian, what, what do you feel about this? Do you think Donald Trump is a hindrance to the Republican Party? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that his presence in the party has taken it, you know, it was already on a, what I consider relative downward spiral for some years, but he's just completely accelerated that process. And unfortunately, you know, what Max says does have a lot of truth to it. I mean, the way I see it is that, unfortunately, there's a really big disconnect right now between the establishment GOP politicians and the actual voter base. So while, you know, Mitch McConnell, um, you know, and other important Republicans, you know, I can't say the same for Kevin McCarthy, the top in the House, because he is still, you know, buddy-buddy with Trump. But you know, while they want him to move on from the party, the voter base, which is the people who actually, you know, get these politicians into the po positions of power, still want him. I think it's something crazy, like a 75% or seven, some 70% of Republicans still want Trump to be involved with the Republican Party, which I, you know, to me, it's perplexing, but. I mean, Seb, what do you think is, like, I think it's down to more the fact there's no one else. Like, I generally look at the Republican parties and I think forward to 2024, I can think of one who might run and if he did, would actually challenge Trump. That's it. I, like, I don't really see anyone as well who's necessarily going to put much of a challenge against him. Yeah, I mean, I see it just as you do. The only person I see that could have a chance at, you know, beating him in the primaries would be Mitt Romney. Because Mitt Romney's done it before, you know, he ran in 2012, won the election, lost to Obama, you know, but had a pretty good run at it. And, you know, and Mitt Romney's got a pretty good following amongst a lot of uh, establishment GOP, especially some of the more, you know, powerful big donors. And 
they like him. He's a safe pick for the Republicans. And I think what he's been doing in these last few years has been setting himself up to be that counter Trump candidate, because we all know it's going to, they're going to be Trump or a Trump backed candidate for the GOP. And whether that be Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, one of those, you know, one of his stooges or someone else, you know, who knows, but. I, I was thinking Paul Ryan. I, I would, I would love to see Paul Ryan run, you know, Paul Ryan, you know, he had a pretty good, I, I, I don't know. His speakership wasn't great. I mean, his big thing was to repeal and replace Obamacare that failed. Thanks to John McCain and uh, largely due in part. Thanks to John McCain. Um, so, you know, I think he does have that same appeal to the traditional Republican sort of, you know, middle-class suburban voter. And I think he could, all, yeah, I, I, I could see Paul Ryan definitely having a pretty good chance at it. Yeah. I think Paul Ryan is uh, almost better than Mitt Romney. Cause I think Mitt, the problem is Mitt Romney's already ran quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, yeah. mo- most of the time, once you've lost a, um, you know, you've lost a presidential election as a candidate for one of the parties, you usually don't run again. That's yeah. uh, the pattern that usually runs. So I'd be surprised as much as I think actually Mitt Romney running would be quite, would be a breath of fresh air um, compared to Trump. I do. I can't see it. But the the difference is, I think Paul Ryan will have six years of not actually um, being dragged down by his constitutional duties to yeah. run purely for this. I think he is completely free. And I think he himself, um, I think personally, he thought um, he thought Trump was going to lose the election. So that's why I think he stopped. I was already planning on retirement and getting ready to run in 2020. Um, and obviously that's changed his plan. So now he retired anyway um, and is still looking forward to now the 2024. I think that's the prediction I would make. I'd put a solid bet he might run, but I don't know what you think. No, I mean, I, I think you're definitely right. I mean, yeah, I could definitely see Paul Ryan having some success. And I think especially what you said that he's had these six years outside of this, you know, mess. And I think another appeal of him is that he isn't so tied to this, you know, big evangelical movement where Mitt Romney is, where he is quite outdated, I'd say, on a lot of issues such as abortion and, you know, um, LGBT rights and whatnot. Um, And that could definitely help bring in, I'd say, a lot more moderate Democrats who might be disillusioned with how left the party is moving and depending on who they put. As you know, if it's Biden again, or if it's someone else in 2024, um, it could definitely be a chance for a lot of independents and moderate Democrats to maybe vote for Paul Ryan. On this theme, I'd just like to um, ask Dom in his uh, responses. Very, uh, very, uh, well, very strongly believe that even Trump-backed candidates sort of won't pose a threat, even if they were put up for the presidential position. I'd just like to ask him to expand on this. Um, yeah. So basically, what I was thinking is that. So these like candidates like Marjorie Taylor Greene and um, Lauren Boebert, they've all run on um, being Trumpist candidates and voting for them because of Trump. Um, But I think with the decline of Trumpism and with Trump out of power and like Trump's reputation to an extent tarnished that these candidates that have run not on policies or expertise, like people haven't voted for them because of who like because of their policies or expertise, people have voted them because they are part of this Trump sort of, uh, this Trumpism that they wanted to see in power. So I feel like now that Trump's out of power and like what was being said with 
new like a new leader like Mitt Romney or Paul Ryan who could try the kind of send like sort of try unite the party that with that these um congressmen and women that are like these Trumpists um believe in like Trump and stuff will not um pose a real threat because I think I yeah I agree it's just I don't think there's ever been a time where I it's one thing to say Trump about a power is that he's not as powerful as he was. Of course he's not, but he still, he still controls the media. You know, the, the, the media sources still follow him so much in terms of, uh, especially on like Fox news and on the right there, Fox news has kind of bought away a little bit recently from him, but it's, you know, it's, it's, this is the most weird scenario into the fact that the party just, I'd say most of the party wants to break away from Trump now while the, all the vote Trump, uh, Republican voters are still pro-Trump. And, you know, he's still got 70 million people. He's still, you know, over 70% popular in with Republicans. It's just such a um, bizarre situation that, you know, um, the traditional Republican Party is so avid against him, yet uh, the voters are so avid for him. And I think that's just going to have an implications um, no matter what. Don't you think? Yeah, and I think that's what the job is going to be for the Republicans and the candidates that want to be the next president in 2024 is to make sure that what they're doing is not um, alienating these Trump voters because obviously they still have, they're still like a strong part of the Republican Party. But in doing that, they want, they're going to like unite, try and attempt to unite the party. And that's what we've seen with like them like Mitch McConnell, um, I think he was outwardly saying about um, that Trump was responsible for the insurrection, but then refusing to impeach him in the Senate. So I think what they're trying to do is try and leave their past behind of like, um, of Trump, but they can't just ignore or alienate the candidates because that would lead, that could potentially lead to a split in the party, which is not what they want. I think something to keep in mind is just how many seats the Republicans flipped in, per, for example, the House this, uh, this last election, because that opens up the ability to redistrict and redraw, you know, district lines, which, you know, it's become kind of a trend in recent years that in the midterms, the holding part, like the party in power, in this case, the Democrats always lose the House. I mean, it happened a few times already. So whether they're Trump back candidates or not, I don't know. I mean, Trump is starting this big um, super PAC. He wants to start a super PAC to fund all of these pro Trump candidates. I mean, he's already endorsed a candidate to go up against this, um, this congressman, uh, what's uh, Anthony Gonzalez. He's a congressman from Ohio who voted to impeach one of the few Republicans in the house who voted to impeach Trump. Trump's already come out and endorsed a primary opponent to him. So, um, and that, you know, a Trump endorsement, as you guys were saying, still carries a lot of power. I mean, you know, Trump is no longer the president. He's no longer involved, but he's, his presence is there and his word still carries a lot. And I like that you bring up the media max because Fox News is an absolute media machine. It is very, very strong. It, it's, it's the wa- most watched uh, news source in America. And I mean, uh, out of late night talk shows, Tucker Carlson, uh, I feel, is uh, very dangerous almost because of how many it's the most watched talk show on tv right now and tucker carlson says something and you know this army of 
ignoramus, as I would put it lightly, sort of do as he says, and you know, he, they follow everything he says, you know, without even verifying if it's true or not. And if he says vote for Donald Trump or vote for this pro-Trump candidate, I mean, the millions of people that watch this guy will do it. It's almost as if, um, it's almost as if the primary in 2020 is going to be more important than the actual election. Because it is going to be, the primaries are going to be Trump versus non-Trump in the primaries. And, you know, you talk about Gonzalez there. That's going to be quite an important race. Because if Trump starts flipping, um, you know, anti-Trump Republicans, it'll be like the Tea Party all over again. You know, it'll be a Tea Party movement. And that's, uh, I think, um, uh, I think for most people, that's quite worrying, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, any any situation where the trend becomes the GOP becomes increasingly more pro-Trump rather than, you know, I guess uh, pushing back against it is not only bad for the Republican Party and its longevity, but it's also dangerous for the country as a whole. I mean, you've got people in power, as I believe Don was saying earlier, that are in power just because of them being pro-Trump, not because they have any actual, you know, uh, substance nor actual experience to back up you know their position in power and i they don't run on anything they don't have policy agendas they don't have end goals they just want to be there either as a detriment to the democrats you know with, with what he was saying with this Mar- um marjorie ah, this this congressman who's honestly one of the most insufferable people i think i've ever seen literally put up a uh, a um a sign that says there are two genders, male and female, across the across the hall from one of her Democrat um, congress uh, congresswomen, who put up a trans rights flag. And I mean, I don't understand like what she's trying to achieve with that. But that just goes to show, as Don was saying, these people don't want to achieve anything but be disruptive. Well, um. Going back to Dom, actually, he mentioned that because I think this is a theme that you've all sort of mentioned, but um, the Republican Party is arguably quite fragile at the moment. And I'd actually like to ask Dom because he uh, he mentions it's fragile in his response. I'd like to ask him how how much to the detriment of the Republicans in the future is this? Will it affect the twenty twenty four? Will it have even worse effects? Uh, I think, like, yeah, it's clear that the Republican Party is very fragile at the moment. There are a lot of, like, it's quite polarised with um, the, like, hard Trumpists and also with just the um, normal, like, Republican base. Um, I just, I don't believe that the party, I think, well, obviously, what I, like, what I said before, I think the party is going to try and stay united, but I don't think that Trump is going to, in 2024, um, create his own party because what we all know is that Trump hates losing and his support that he has alone is not enough to win the Republican um, to win the election completely so I feel like the Republicans do have a hard job in like trying to keep united but I don't believe that Trump is then going to go on and make his own party for 2024 because I mean like the Ross Perot example of um, the Reform Party, like 
he didn't have enough he had enough support to be detrimental to the republicans and winning 19 percent of the vote which arguably helped bill clinton um get into power but i he didn't have enough support to win the election i think that's the same for trump is it maybe um all right, first of all, I think maybe trying to use rationality uh, around Trump isn't great because <laughs> let's be honest, he's not exactly, he doesn't, look, I think for 99% of people we'd go, oh yeah, don't want to run because it will tank the Republican Party. Uh, but, you know, he has run, he did run as an independent already. This won't be the, this wouldn't be the first time he did run uh, to try and be the presidential candidate for the Reform Party in 2000. I think everyone forgets that. Uh, and he was actually a, a key part in the reason that killed the um, uh, the Reform Party. So I think him running as independent and losing, uh, well, he's done it before, so it's not unheard of him to do. Um, but I think what would be considered a success is if he did better than the Republican Party, because that means he would replace the Republican Party, if that makes sense. If you have one election where you do better than the Republican Party, you are the new... You, it is a two-party system. You instantly become that second party. So I think that might be what he wants. Like, I don't think he'll necessarily think he'll win the election, but certainly he will have complete ruling over the new party. Um, he would be the figurehead for that second party, which I think he'd consider a win. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what you think about that. But do you think this will happen in 2024? Or do you still think his reputation is too tarnished with, like, everyone's still going to remember the Capitol Hill riots by then? Like, But, but it, it's, yeah, it, you've got you to gotta think outside the box. You've got to think outside yourself, though, Dom, because if uh, you ask me in 2024, will I still vote Donald Trump? No. But the capital rights isn't the thing that's changed my mind. 75% of Republicans would still vote Trump. That's significant. That's incredibly high for any presidential candidate. I mean, I think that's better than, I uh, said, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's better than most presidential candidates when they run. And it's purely yeah. for the fact that, you know, if he what and the other 25% would still vote for him because he's a Republican, not a Democrat. There's such an import, there's such a partisanship at the moment. So I think you've got to ask that question to uh, Trump fans. You've got to ask those questions to Republicans. And that's not just the establishment who really want to distance themselves from him. But you've got to ask yourself to... Um, you've got to sit... You've got to sit two Republicans in front of you and... If one says Trump and one says Republican, it's a 50% flip. You know, it's a 50-50, you know, and that's, you know, that means that you've got to, you know, you've got to ask, you've got to be asking not what you think, but what the Trump fans will think. And I think he's such a, uh, a figure that gives them such a uh, hope and, you know, a sense of light and direction in a world which they think has gone downhill. Don't think it's true at all, um, but... I think for a lot of people, they are scared. Not, they are scared, uh, and they put that false hope in Trump. And I think that false hope uh, is not going to go away, especially when most of them think the election was stolen from them. Um, so I, I think, you know, there's, yeah, I, I think to simply just go, yeah, the capital rights is going to, you know, I, I, I have, um, uh, so for example, my girlfriend's uh, family on one side is American. And I was sitting there watching the Capitol riots. I was shocked, as we all were. 
and we're getting emails through from the American side of our family who are all Trump fans, making millions of excuses for Trump. Like, this is being led by Black Lives Matter and Antifa and stuff like that. It, 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 it is crazy to think, and it's laughable, but it's when you keep, when you, the excuses keep being made and they become even more, uh, you know, they just will not give up their belief in Trump. There, there's another story that I also like to talk about is that, you know, you, um, there was a movement in the 80s where they believed that the world was going to be destroyed on a certain day. And the only way to survive was to go on top of this hill. And when, uh, when on top of the hill, God will pick you up and save you and the rest of the, you know, the apocalypse will come. Uh, it's also, ironically, a Simpsons episode as well that they made out of it. Um, <laughs> but the point is, is that when that happened when they everyone went up on the day because you know it's from the 1980s everyone went on top of the hill they sat and they waited and lo and behold nothing happened and what did everybody do do you think everybody turned around and destroyed their beliefs and went oh my god everything i've thought for the last 10 years five years of my life that i've invested into and talked about and you know that i've dedicated my life to is wrong no they all turned around and every single one of them went because we had enough people here we stopped the apocalypse and that's the same thing and it's crazy i know but it's people who have dedicated their lives and are so bought into this are not going to turn around now even if it goes too far but the hatred for the democrats is too far at this point they're not going to turn around on their their, their jesus christ figure I think that's the I, thing. I definitely, unfortunately, agree with you. Um, and whether that means that the Republican Party becomes the party of Trump, or if Trump breaks off and makes his own party, you know, we'll have to see exactly how these next few years develop. But it, you don't, you don't get this far to just throw it all away because the Capitol riots happened. And I think, as Max was saying, people will make up a million and one excuses or you know reasons why like that shouldn't be placed on Trump before actually accepting the facts that that was Trump's fault. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a continuous, it's almost like you've, you're down the rabbit hole now. There's no going back. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it doesn't help that, um, look, if I watch the BBC um, and, you know, I'm seeing the Capitol riots and it's Trump fans clearly doing it. And, you know, there's no excuse and I can see it with my own eyes. Um, you know, they will turn around and go, oh, it's fake news, it's manipulated. And that's also the added problem because there's no way to negotiate. There's no way to debate it anymore. It's, it's just, no. it's a constant, um, it, it's, it's, it's too far gone at this point. And I think, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I, I said, I, know, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but if I was a lot of, it's, it's gone past the fact where it's funny now. It's, it's no longer, yeah. you know, we're laughing at the Trump fans. We're now generally scared because it's still 70 million people who voted for him and they are not turning around at this point and i think and these are yeah i mean these are people who are willing to literally put their lives on the line for this one guy mm. i mean th that lady who got shot and died uh by she got shot by the capitol police when she was jumping through the window i mean she had no regard for her own life even seeing a pistol in her face pointed at her and she was like, no, no, we must go on. The election was stolen. We got to go. We got to go, you know, grab up all these politicians and do whatever. God knows what they were planning to do if they got to them. It, it, that's just how you're willing to, you know, have zero disregard for your own like safety for this guy who's just been spewing lies and feeding you all this mm. 
you know, nonsense. What, what's really scary for me is that this is just such a repetition of Nazi Germany and uh, fascist Italy. It is exactly the same situation. Like, both parties claim that the election was fraudulent in a very free and fair election. And both used... Uh, so, you know, Mussolini, once he lost the election, he stormed on Rome. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, in Nazi, in Nazi Germany, Mussolini, oh, not Mussolini, um, in Nazi Germany, um, they burnt down the Reichstag and blamed it on a, a, a man from Amsterdam who was communist. You know, it's, 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 it's yeah. flipping a story uh, and using it to... Um, rile up feelings that um, it, and I, I don't think it's 70 million people. I don't think every single one of those 70 million people really is a Trump fan. I think they're more Republican. I hope, I pray. Um, and, you know, it might just only be it's 5 million people, but it's you, it's 5 million people. That's a lot. And they can do a that's, lot. Yeah. Um, we, that's more than I think you could, you know, it's 5 million people to talk about the, the dangers of ISIS. Mm. Of Islamic extremism and all of these things, when they don't realize that there's extremists here in our own country. I mean, look, look at know? the Proud Boys. That's <laughs> yeah. a truly scary, like a scare. Yes, the Capitol riots was, you know, their best attempt at the Night of the Long Knives when they went in and tried to purge all the, you know, <laughs> all the SA and formed SS. This was their attempt at that. I feel, and um, I'm glad it was unsuccessful. You know, I think that goes without saying, but. It's it, and it, and I know this isn't the end of it. Mm. I think I think uh, a, a better comparison, Seb, is the uh, um, you know the Munich Putsch. You know, it's yeah. You know, it's the first of what I will no doubt assume there will be more. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, you know, um, it must be slightly depressing to hear is that I said to, it was the very irony of the night before um, the Capitol riots, I said to, I was at my girlfriend's and I said to her parents, I think uh, American democracy will be dead in the next couple of years. And they laughed at me. And next day you have the Capitol riots. And I, I, I yeah. feel, and it's not to say that in the UK, we are absolutely perfect and swimming around in perfect democracy. Uh, my God, we're right. not. Um, but I, I'm, I would be scared. The the and I, I you cannot and it's you know we had another article uh, in the UK saying oh we can ignore Far- uh, Nigel Farage uh, who is you know kind of has similarities to Trump we can just ignore him yeah. and forget him you know he's done you know he's you know you, no <laughs> learn learn from your mistakes and realize yeah. that this is and I, I 2024 unless he's dead he will have an impact on the election and I think even in his death he will still have an impact on the election. He'll get murdered. Yeah, exactly. So I think he'll get murdered. I, I really think um, he. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It would be make perfect sense if he broke away and formed his own party. I think he'll just. I think he'll just take over the Republican Party and be a Tea Party type of, um, you know, stab in the back. Um, it, it's yeah. you know, night of the long knives in a sense, uh, which I like that comparison, Seb. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think we are far from gone from Trump, unfortunately. I'd like to just um, interject, sort of slowing down a little bit and starting off with Dom, but asking all of you, um, how much of an impact do you think the Biden administration will have effect on the 2024 elections? Do you think, uh, even though obviously it's early days, do you think um, it will help the Democrats' chances, um, Dom? I think with, the, with Biden, um, 
what he ran on was more of a fact that like vote for me as I'm not Trump, which obviously helped work for him in the presidential elections, but in like Congress they didn't get as many congressional seats as um they had hoped for. So what I think for Biden, what is important, obviously he can no longer run on that rhetoric that vote for me as I'm not Trump because Trump isn't around at the moment, although he may be in 2024. I think what needs to be clear is what Democrats stand for and the policies that they will put forward in order to, I guess, around COVID, like why in the US they were not prepared for COVID and how they ended up in this mess that they're in at the moment and what his policies can do to help them get out of the mess that they're currently in. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would like to just sort of build off on that. I think, if anything, so far, Biden's first 30 days, I mean, he made a promise that there'd be no deportations, and there's already been 26,000, I believe, people deported. Um, you know, these facilities, these, uh, what they call now, immigrant holding facilities, uh, the conditions haven't changed from what I've heard. I mean, there's still children being held in cages, which... I'm not saying that's directly Biden's fault, um, that he's just having to work with what was left behind. But I mean, you know, we've already airstriked a sovereign nation. So I think what could happen moving forward in 2024 is that, you know, I know that the Democratic Party is in a much better state. But I think with a lot of the things that are happening, a lot of these more younger progressive Democrats are going to start growing disillusioned with the party itself. Um, and, you know, thinking about it with an evenly split Senate, like you said, uh, they were unable to really win over that big majority that they wanted. Issues such as climate change things and renewable energy. I mean, with Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, uh, being a clear supporter of fossil fuels. I mean, that's his his state's base of the economy is coal um that's gonna make it difficult to pass legislation like that and you know thinking about issues such as the second amendment and all these things biden wants to do with the second amendment i don't know if he's gonna be able to pass them and i really want these next four years to be four years of healing and reunification but you know it, he's gonna have to strike a balance between that and also pushing forward his his agenda so that he can actually win over, you know, some of these votes back again in 2024. Else people are going to say, no, we don't want Biden anymore. He didn't do anything in these last four years. So. I think Biden's got a lot to do. That's what I like. Mm -hmm. It's four years. There's a long time, but that is the one thing that we know about American politics is it's status quo defenders is that, you know, change yeah. is incredibly hard and he wants to do an, awful lot and that's not to mention that the economy is gonna be the main factor here. It, i could yeah. see this being four years of just purely pushing for the economy change and i think by that time not enough will change i think um the the, the, the democrats time to have its infighting is coming it is uh, it will mm -hmm. break up in it will fight at some point and it will it needs it it needs it's not trump because it won't but it needs it you know it tr the war inside the republican party is brewing it's starting um the democrats it's, it hasn't started yet but it it, it will come yeah. it will come post biden um and it you know it nearly it nearly splintered into it 
uh, in the Democratic candidate uh, primaries. Um, luckily, uh, they would just managed to hold themselves together. Um, just, yeah. but really, the party was on the verge of breaking up itself. I think um, for you, I th- you don't know, but the Democrats are in a. Um, are just as fragile and have a lot to do. And unless they can point at the economy and say, look what I did, I fixed it, and clearly break it away from Trump, which in itself I think is going to be quite hard uh, because most people still blame the financial crash on Obama, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you can. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think they could blame Biden for this. And it has there has to be really clear. I mean, it has to be clear. And that's that in itself is going to be difficult so yeah yeah i agree it has to be a big sort of big bold decisive Mm. you can't deny the clear numbers in front of you type of situation Mm. yeah and it has and it has to be it can't be spun it can't be a spin situation it has to be blanket and it has to be something that anyone can go yeah fair you've actually done what you promised and it has to it has to be so compelling that it's you know, it turns, it wakes Republicans up and shakes them away, which is so difficult. I think it would say is near impossible, but uh, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Republicans, yeah. Uh, the Democrats are falling apart and they need something special. They need a Hail, they need a Hail Mary. And if they don't, if Joe Biden doesn't throw it in the end zone, this might be bad yeah. time. So yeah. On that yeah, rather... I mean, I think what's interesting... Yeah, go for it. Oh, Seb, would you like to give your final point? Yeah, I mean, I just think that 2024 will also be a very big year, not just for the Republicans, but for the Democrats themselves, because I see Biden as that last sort of establishment Democrat, sort of, you know, center, center right candidate, neoliberal types, you know, the Obamas, the Clintons, one of those. And moving forward, some of the more younger and prominent figures in the party, you know, AOC and stuff like that are more progressive. So I think 2024 will be a interesting year to see what path the party decides to take if they want to finally sort of break off from this strong i guess neoliberal uh, order that's existing in the party or if they want to take a new path towards a more progressive um, uh, Peter, party. Peter so, i know you want to cut off can i just ask one question is in that case do you think kamala harris will lose in 2024 if she runs that's you know biden harris because of biden uh i don't think kamala harris is a very very sort of complicated past and democratic voters are a lot more likely to hold their politicians accountable for their questionable acts in the past whereas republicans will be more likely to turn a blind eye um so do i think it's impossible for her certainly not and i think she has a lot to like but i also think there is a lot to dislike about her so I don't well, know. That's that's a complicated one to say the least. Well, on that absolute piece of food for thought, it does seem that whether Trump is either Republican or Patriot Party or independent in any other form, he will be having a role in U.S. politics for time. Well, the foreseeable future, and maybe even posthumously, who knows? But I'd like to thank our three participants this week. We had Max Anderson for the Liberals, we had Sebastian Calcoprietro for the Conservatives, and Dom Vilak for Labour. Thank you for listening to this week's POI podcast.